Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trading higher this morning. New Zealand is the best performer, up 1.5%, as investors there prepare for elections in mid-October. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is the strong favourite to be re-elected. Sydney, meanwhile, is up 0.7%. Tokyo and Seoul are trading higher as well. Joining me now to break down all the market action is Ryan Huang. It's a pretty wet Thursday. You haven't been out yet. How's the morning been? Oh, so far so good. I've been buried under a pile of headlines thanks to a tweet frenzy from Donald Trump. (laughs) All right. Glad to see you've emerged from that. Big smile on your face. The U.S. vice presidential debate is minutes underway in Salt Lake City, Utah. The vice presidential debate certainly taking more prominence this U.S. election cycle than in others in part due to the ages of both presidential candidates. Many believe that if elected, Joe Biden will serve only one term, opening up the stage to his vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris. So Ryan, what are markets looking out for in this morning's debate? Yeah, just to put things into context, it's being billed by some as the most important vice presidential debate ever. And that's according, no, really because of reasons that you pointed out, both of the presidential candidates are the oldest and you've got the potential of the vice presidents needing to step up step up down the road so this really puts a focus on both of them and also off the back of what was well pretty much a train wreck with the first u.s presidential um, debates um, last um, week uh, that really now puts the focus on more hopefully substance in this round of debates, what will be the policy issues that can um, paint what each side is behind in terms of values and policies? So that is uh, going to be something uh, in focus. And what's also interesting, I guess, is how um, both sides are more measured in terms of how they have um, debated before. For example, uh, Mike Pence had experience in the previous elections and he came across as someone who was able to hold his own ground being forceful without needing to shout at someone. And then you have Kamala Harris. She is a trained lawyer, so she has quite a bit of debate debate experience. So that is, uh, I think, going to be setting up for quite a constructive debate that is ongoing as we speak right now. Look civil so far, I have to say, both behind plexiglass and only one speaking at a time. So, good start. One topic that US investors are definitely tracking is the negotiations or lack thereof on Capitol Hill for a stimulus package. Yesterday on the show, we discussed how US President Donald Trump unilaterally called for an end to talks. Today, he's advocating a piecemeal approach. What could be on the cards, Ryan? Yeah, it's been quite a confusing 24 to 48 hours if you look at Donald Trump's Twitter account. And he has been on quite a tweet frenzy. You know, just in the space of two hours, he tweeted 40 times. And it's not quite a confusing string of tweets. You've got some one-liners, all caps. Some of them don't really make sense if you try to look at it. Um, But what came out of all that is it seems like he's now supporting smaller piece meal deals. So he's okay with smaller deals instead of a comprehensive package. Of course, the background is the Democrats wanted $2.3 trillion of um, aid, but the White House was only willing to spend up to $1.6 trillion. So there was that gap. But 
it seems like if they break it down into many parts, he is okay with that. So that seems to be reviving some optimism in the markets. And it seems like there are 10 parts or 10 possible mini deals that could be done. So that is going to be closely watched to, to see what targeted measures are going to come about from this and which other sectors that will benefit. Mm. All right. Democrats have previously rejected a so-called skinny stimulus bill. They've advocated a broader package. What do you think the chances are of both sides coming together on these specific items? Yeah, going by the early indications, mm. you've got Nancy Pelosi, he, she's quite, um, I guess, okay or welcoming the idea that we are able to move forward on this on, on this um, initiative. Of course, the Democrats are also interested in getting the economy back up again. And any deal is better than no deal. So yeah. I think from that perspective, it is uh, encouraging. It will deal or not. The markets applauded the news overnight. The major indices rose close to 2%. Not only that, investors also bid up airline shares following Trump's tweet calling for 25 billion US dollars in assistance mm. for the industry. Delta rose 3.5%. United jumped more than 4%. Ryan, yesterday we also talked about a new congressional report from the US that resoundingly criticizes tech companies' market dominance. If the Democrats sweep the upcoming elections, many observers believe they may try to break up big tech companies and even if the Republicans hold on, big tech is likely to be reined in somewhat. If we look at the markets overnight though, investors seem to shrug off the news, didn't they? Yeah, I think most of it was priced in in the session the the day before Mm. and we saw the tech shares seeing a sell-off. The backdrop to this, of course, is the potential of the big tech companies being broken up. And that was the recommendation from that report. And if Democrats win, uh, that is the likely scenario. At least they will be pushed for this scenario by some of the Democrats, including Elizabeth Warren. So that is going to be a dampener in terms of I guess, stock prices. Um, but what is interesting overnight is we saw them rebound. So Google, Apple and Amazon all up, and this was led by gains in Amazon up nearly 3%. But Facebook, interestingly, was underwater by 0.2%. And I think this was because it was singled out in an interview uh, behind one of the committee members in the subhouse committee. And he said, no, he is pushing for Facebook and Instagram mm. to be split up And this is causing a bit of uncertainty around Facebook's uh, future, I guess. And Facebook has said before, this is unlikely to happen. They will not agree to this. Mm. And they also said that Instagram is where it is now because Facebook invested in Instagram. So this is going to be likely to be a long, dragged out saga. And of course, um, they want it to be broken up because... They say the big tech companies monopolize too many parts of the ecosystem and if Facebook owns Instagram and WhatsApp and you know, so many parts of the industry, mm-hmm. it makes it very hard for anyone else to enter the market and um, innovate. Yeah, could it end the U.S.'s lead in tech dominance? So remember, the proposal follows a 15-month investigation by a House Judiciary Committee panel. Could make it harder for Apple, Amazon, Facebook and Google's parent company to acquire others and impose new rules. This meant to safeguard competition. Let's bring the discussion back home to Singapore, where the latest economic figures are, in a word, Kind of discouraging. The unemployment rate in August rose to its highest level in over a decade, 4.5%. What's the prognosis going forward, Ryan? Yeah, so if you look at the numbers, mm. it is um, right now 
at 4.1%, um, or higher than, it's 4.5%. So that's higher than July's reading of 4.1%. And But to put things into context, uh, we are not at the levels of the record numbers we saw during the SARS period in 2003, which was at 6.2%. And during the GFC nearly 10 years ago, it was at 4.9%. So our latest reading of 4.5%, still not there yet, but it is going to be closely watched to see if this is going to be dragged down further. And because we've been hearing about retrenchments, layoffs in the news, uh, not just in Singapore, but everywhere. So that is something industry watchers and analysts are trying to extrapolate to see if that is, I guess, is the worst over. Mm -hmm. And going by some of the comments, um, they think, more layoffs are to come. It has not peaked yet. And some of the sectors, of course, will still continue to struggle. And OCBC points out that you are looking at aviation, hospitality and entertainment likely to continue to struggle to survive. And some of the um, analysts from Citigroup, uh, they are looking at potentially the rates of unemployment to go up to above 5% and worst case scenario, 6%. So mm. brace yourself for more hiccups or bumps down the road. Speaking of bracing myself, the Business Times is running a story this morning about how many local merchants have been left scrambling by wire cards pulled out from the market. In fact, just yesterday, I received a letter from my multi-currency uh, service, wallet service, telling me I need to open a new bank account if I want to transfer the funds out of my multi-currency wallet. So, all because of Wirecard's decision to leave Singapore, what are some of the other companies affected? Yeah, so this is quite a familiar site right now. If you go to a few restaurants or many, uh, some of the restaurants, you will see a handwritten sign, only cash on nets because Wirecut is no longer in service for them. So some of them have been not been able to pivot fast enough. Either they were complacent or they were hoping for the best and hopeful, hoping that the Wirecut situation would turn around. Of course, uh, on October the 1st, MES told Wirecut to stop offering its services. So that was that. So it was abrupt for them and they are struggling to cope with it. So looking at some names that have been thrown up as some of the uh, affected merchants, you've got Starbucks, M1, uh, Safra, and of course, if you, and many more, if you go to your regular shopping mall. And interestingly, if you Google Wirecard, you'll get now a lot of sponsored advertisements from the alternative payment providers. Uh, so that is something I think maybe if you are a merchant, you can look at because um, this is something you will need to embrace as a new normal. There will be no more wire cards. So look for a new payment provider. Gosh. Let's check in on local markets now. The Straits Times Index rose one-third of a percent yesterday, climbing to 25.38. Ryan, would you agree that over the past week, the STI appears to have found solid support at about 2,500? I am a bit hesitant to say that because the STI in the past year has been trading sideways. It's not really you know, moving in any direction with conviction and that is likely to play out for the near future. But if you look at the recent trading, um, you are seeing right now STI stocks trading at its highest levels in more than a month. And right now, if I look at the numbers on the screen, it's at 2,540 and that is up by 0.1%. So it's already on a three-day winning streak. If it stays this way, it'll be four days. So something to shout about this week, but all in, there is so much um, to weigh on um, markets in Singapore. 
there's a lot of heavy weightage um, to banks. Yeah. The big three local banks make up nearly, I think, 30% of the STI movement. And with the cap on dividends, with the low interest rates, there is so much pressure and headwinds for the banks. All right, I'll let you get back to that Pence-Harris debate and uh, more unearthing uh, of you know gold mines when it comes to Twitter account and Donald Trump. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Straight ahead, we're going to meet Deborah Ho, Managing Director and Head of Southeast Asia at BlackRock. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.